Hi guys, welcome to the Context Matters Podcast, where we believe matters are not always black and white. Today we have a special for you, and on this special we have... Akono? Yo! Omari? Hello, hello. And me, Joel. So Omari, you can kick it off. Okay, so um, on this special, I decided I wanted to try something different. So I have a list of topics that we're going to just try to go through. Um, I've been seeing some stuff on some podcasts lately. Um, they call it feelings, no facts. <laughs> Basically, being able to have a conversation freely about uh, a topic without necessarily knowing all the details. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just, the first topic, our first area I wanted to talk about was COVID 19, how everyone has been fearing with all the stuff that's been happening. Um, where you are, your job, you know, at home, basically, in general. So, um, yeah, how has it been going so far? Yeah, for me, it's almost like COVID doesn't exist. Yeah, you still wear the mask and thing, mm. but because <laughs> the numbers here are so low, like all the recorded cases are imported. You know, okay, mm-hmm. to kind of get a little complacent if you don't watch yourself because of how free we're about, we're allowed to move, mm. but. It's been good so far. Um, there's been a bunch of changes, you know, get people more accustomed to doing things online, working from home. So that's the good out of it. Um, I guess there are more people starting their own business and things, seeing that there are a lot of businesses that lay off people because of the situation right now. But it's, it's okay for me so far. I don't have any complaints. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, for me, nothing must really change. I mean, during the lockdown, um, no, there are no longer any lockdown. It's it's pretty much the same for me. Because um, I was pretty much home almost every day. So it hasn't really been a big change in my routine. Um, the only thing that's really changed is the, like, the amount that I go out to actually like, go to like, maybe a bar or a restaurant. That's decreased a lot. Because there's no real... like. <clears throat> I don't know, the, the incentive to really go isn't really there like it was before, right? And I think, for me, I was somebody who likes to stay in either way. So having COVID still around, in a sense, is kind of like a the perfect excuse for me to stay home. <laughs> you, don't have to say <laughs> no. you don't have to say no as often. Exactly, right? Because people don't even ask to go that much anymore. So, you know, that's, that's, that's always been for me, really. Mm, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would probably, I could the one thing I would probably say I would have liked to do that I couldn't do was um, travel. So like I, I had planned to go back home, but I think it's a bit risky. Like I have a friend who um, she went back to Nigeria. I don't know a while ago. She 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 decided to quarantine when she got there, and then after two weeks quarantine, she decided you know she was out and about, and then in the the middle of the first week, I think I think the Wednesday or Thursday. She started to get fever symptoms. She got tested. She was COVID nineteen positive. So then she had a quarantine or isolate, and then she's gonna come back next week, I think, and then she's gonna have to quarantine again. So <laughs> basically, she's gonna spend probably four and a half to five weeks of quarantine for I don't know a week of being able to go out and stuff. It's yeah, it doesn't really make sense um, to me right now. I'm just gonna do what I need to do and. Kind of live my life and hope for the best for now. Um, just make sure that 
I'm keeping myself, other people around me safe, basically. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I, there are some welcome changes, obviously, to working from home and whatnot. But in general, I think that in the UK, I think in Barbados as well, there's been an extreme, um, extreme case of unemployment. Um, so that's been negative affecting, affecting, negatively affecting people. Um, people not being able to pay bills and that's stressing people out and probably um, high increases in depression and suicide and stuff. So, I mean, it's not all good, I would say for sure, especially not for the countries that depend on tourism like Barbados. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, Individually, true. it's okay, but yeah, we're, I guess we're the lucky ones. Definitely. Yeah, speaking from a point of privilege, really. Yeah, I, one thing I've found of, I've found myself like glued to like, like Twitter a lot more in terms mm-hmm. of like all of this stuff that's going on with Black, Black Lives Matters, uh, this COVID 19 in general, Donald Trump and his response to COVID, mm-hmm. the UK's response to COVID. So, uh, you know, there's so much more like quote unquote distractions going on. And it, I think COVID 19, because I'm not going out as much as well, it kind of like forces me to read more. Um, really think about the, the, the social economic system um, that we live under and how it's really beginning to, to, to show its weaknesses and the contradictions are even more expressed given, um, you know, given the, the, the economy shutting down, mm-hmm. right? And I, think, I don't think that I'm unique in that, in that case. I think a lot of people, because I have a lot more time, um, maybe unemployed, have a lot more time to really think about the life that they live and you know the issues that they have with the life that they live so um yeah that's that's another effect that i would say covid 19 has had on me it's made me more more conscious of, of right. things around me yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah understood yeah i mean i i mean i've been i've been kind of being pulled in that direction but i don't really have a very positive opinion about social media in general um so i try to avoid um getting pulled into it I think you kind of just are fed things that you, you want to see um, and it could kind of have a negative effect on you, um, which is related to another topic I wanted to bring up later. But yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. So you, would you say that your social media use is increased because of um, COVID-19 or that it just, well, you said there's more, there's more stuff happening, but do you think it's just that you were as um, glued to it before, so you weren't aware of it? Um, I was aware of it, but it's much more interesting now. I mean, every day is something, <laughs> something new, something crazy that's going on. Like, you know, it's like I used to read history books and stuff. I kind of wonder how people reacted to, you know, World War Two or the Great Depression. But really, living through yeah. an event that people will be talking about for like, you know, hundred years, two hundred years, you know, people will be talking about this time. So it's like there's so much going on, you know, that mm. for me, it's, it's like living through history in a sense, and that's that's pretty interesting to me. I like how you assume we're going to be living that thing. Anyway, oh. <laughs> well, my grandkids will. Uh, well, I'll tell my grandkids, and they'll tell their grandkids, and and they'll probably be taught in school <laughs> as a module or something. COVID nineteen, twenty twenty module or something at university. Honestly, I don't. I don't think so. To be honest, um, I think I think there, there are a lot of defining moments about this year, but I don't think that COVID nineteen is going to be that um of a major topic in hundred years. Because, for example, I I know about the Spanish flu, but. Do I really know about the Spanish flu? Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, prior to this year, I heard about it, but I never used to, I never really heard about the things that went on. It's a bit different now, obviously, because we have social media, so a lot of stuff are documented that yeah. uh, easily. Yeah. 
that things couldn't be. But I think there are, 2020 has been a very interesting year. So I think there's so much happening yeah, that sure. it'll be interesting to see what actually comes out as the major thing of this time. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's so much things that are happening, man. Maybe the seven storms that are building up right now. Yeah, oh, that's another thing yeah. too, right? Yeah. Climate, climate change as well. Um, and if you saw pictures of California and, and Oregon, Oregon, um, I think two days ago, where the sky was completely red, it, it literally mm-hmm. immersed. It, it was insane because of the forest fires. Um, yeah, pictures right, of, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. of um, NASA that it took off of, from um, the US and space, and it's literally thick smoke all over the, the west coast of the US, right? It's, it's actually very, very, yeah. it's very striking, right? And it kind of shows, mm-hmm. obviously, that, you know, climate change is a real thing, you know? Um, I think in the US, they recorded the highest temperature in 100 years. And the temperature 100 years ago was disputed in that they aren't, they aren't 100% sure if the temperature 100 years ago was actually the correct temperature. And um, this was simple Twitter, right? Like, I follow this, this um, account called Extreme, Extreme Temperatures. And like, they kind of give you where record temperatures are being recorded all over the world. And it, it's very striking because the account is a lot more active than it was before. You know, this year in particular is very, very hot. I mean, I think you or Mario would have experienced a heat wave maybe a month or two ago. Um, I think next week in the in Europe is supposed to get pretty hot, maybe near twenty degrees again. Yeah, Monday. Uh, yeah. Monday's supposed to kick up again. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, but but again, but it, I mean, it's it's relative, obviously. But a speaker from a very um, Caribbean point of view, it's not that hot. I mean, it's hot, yeah. but it's not you know. But I understand relatively for the usual temperatures for on for this period of time. In this area, yeah, it would be considered heat wave or whatever. Yeah, true. Even Barbados is, is extremely hot right now. It's it's crazy. Very yeah. very very hot. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think uh we could probably move on to the second topic that I have here. Well, I have a few topics. Let me see which one. So. I think we kind of touched on this before, so I'll just read out what I have here and we can see what people think. Um, so there's, not just now, but there's been, and we think we did a topic on the podcast, but it's general social media and how it has been influencing people. Um, and actually, there's been, so there are two ways that I kind of want to focus on. They're influenced in multiple ways. One is um, actually, do we think that social media companies should be held responsible for flagging content which is quote unquote debatable or unconfirmed especially when it comes from um people in high positions for example trump if he makes a statement or a claim or whatever do we think that it's the responsibility of social media companies to flag it or do we think that people should be responsible enough to you know to fact check for themselves Hmm, that's a, a little tricky to answer because on one hand, you really don't want um, someone in power to be able to say whatever they want to the people. But on the other hand, people should have enough sense to not believe everything they see on social media, especially since we went through the, um, the alternative truth phase or going through it. You know, you should check everything yourself now. Mm-hmm. For example, look at those people that decided to believe Trump and say, you know what, well, COVID-19 ain't real. I remember sometime <laughs> a, few, a few weeks ago, 
I heard this girl talk saying <laughs> there was this ad and she was saying that her father listened to Trump and went out with the boys and Tutu <laughs> came back COVID nineteen and he died died a horrible death. And I mean it it's always rough when somebody dies, but it was actually slightly funny. <laughs> you know? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they tell you, yes, this, this, this disease is killing you, but yet you run out and you say, you know what? Somebody said that is not true, so I'm going to believe them and just test my luck. Mm. Yeah, it was a rough one, but yeah, I don't think we can really force them into that, but it would be nice, nice to see they actually do something to say, you know what? Well, maybe this, you may want to check this. Even if they don't say, well, this is the facts here, maybe... A little indication will be a nice gesture, I guess. Mm. Well, yeah. Yeah, who's responsible? Who do you think it is? The people or the social media companies? Um, social media companies do have some form of responsibility. I mean, when you look at traditional media, um, BBC, other news channels, other um, um, news companies, newspapers in the in the UK, they they can't post information that isn't factual. If if information is proven to be false or incorrect. They are actually legally obligated to to post. Yeah, uh, but social media uh, companies don't. They're not posting it. We're not. They're not posting it, right? I know. I know. Not. I know. Not posting it themselves, but they still hold some form of responsibility for information as as, as disseminated. Right? Uh, because yeah, because if you, if you think about the, the fundamental reason why media traditional media outlets um have an obligation to to fact check and make sure the information is correct is the, the material consequences of posting false information is that people believe incorrect information and make judgments based on those. So if you're working on those fundamental principles and social media companies have a bigger influence than traditional media companies know, then they should there should be even more scrutiny on social media companies with respect to the information that is posted on there and is spread because it has a much greater reach and the material consequences of that reach are much greater than for traditional media. So yeah. they do hold some responsibility for that. I guess when I you know. think about it, it's true, you know, because, you know, like, for example, um, posting pictures of minors and that sort of creepy things, they still have to kind of fill that. So correct. That exactly. would be another thing to add under their portfolio. Yeah, correct. I agree. I, I don't know. I, I, wouldn't, I, I, don't, I don't know if I fully agree because they're just giving, a, they're just, giving people the the space to say what they're going to say anyway, right? So if I was to go outside and have a loudspeaker and speak to, and basically say certain things that are not true, whose responsibility is that to, to quote unquote, filter what I say, you know? Um, but it's different, no. it's different, because you, you have a loudspeaker, you're saying it out there, fine, but these social media companies are hosting it. It's hosted on their servers, on their databases, right? So, like, if you go on a social media platform and post child porn, that's going to get removed. Or if you but post yeah, something that's going to get removed, because they, they, they know they have a responsibility not to But if I, go, if I go outside and I travel with child porn photos as well, I can get in trouble. So exactly. it, it's, but no, no, but, but what, I'm saying is, what I'm saying is the difference between illegal and because it's about, is it, well, this goes to the freedom of speech, right? It's about, as people have the freedom to say whatever they want to say, right? To, that's that's, that's by, by law, by law, right? However, however, 
Only in the US, anyway. But continue. in the UK as well. In the UK as well. No, there's, there's no freedom of speech in the UK. Yeah, um, there is. There is. So, so when I did the citizenship, I was as surprised to see this as as you are. I on my citizenship um, test, the there there are three fundamental things that the UK is built on. One was freedom of speech. I don't remember what the two, other two or three were, but the, I was surprised to see that as well because I know there've been cases where, you know, that was questionable. Um, but anyway, so, but but either way, what I'm saying is people should be able to. I, I think I think by saying, I think the focus a lot is on the companies, and I think people have to have some kind of responsibility because by saying the responsibility is always on on the company or the whatever entity we assume people are stupid, right? So it's, so I guess the question is, do we think people are stupid? Or should we um, accept that people are stupid and they'll, well, re- they'll believe anything they hear? It, it, it's not a matter of stupidity, right? Because how these things tend to work is that it, re- it tends to reinforce um, people's, um, I guess, people are primed to believe certain things, yep. right? And But if they don't have access to these things in the first place, they won't, that, that priming won't be expressed by them believing the thing in the first place, right? So social media companies do have responsibility, right? Um, no, I'm not saying and not. We already see I'm it. Saying not. Twitter, et cetera, they, they already started, they, they remove a bunch of QAnon groups, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Twitter has prevented those from being uh, put on the main page. Facebook has rendered those from being put on the main page. But mm-hmm. some will say the damage has, has already been done, right? They're already too slow to act. And I think we, we can't, we can't, because it's such a new technology, we can't necessarily use the same um, methodology that we'd have used in the past because the argument obviously is that, oh, as people are just posting these things, it's person's responsibility. But we already know the powerful effect that social media has on on um, elections, et cetera, right? Like Cambridge Analytica, for example, we know that social media campaigns can influence e- elections, right? And I guess the assumption is not necessarily that people are stupid, but people can be easily influenced by information as put out there, especially information as put by somebody who I'm, they see as their peer. I'm hearing right? that people are stupid. I mean, I'm okay to say people are stupid. Problem. Mm. I, I, I think you may have a problem saying that. I, I personally, <laughs> me, I think people are stupid. Therefore, we need to have these things in place. Full stop. I think trying that line of, well, people aren't stupid. They're just easily influenced. I don't know. You may be trying to herd mentality. be a bit more. Yeah, it's herd mentality. It's herd mentality. <laughs> people here, people are primed in that. People have a certain thought. And by seeing someone say, they're as a reinforced. You know, that, that's, that's basically what's happening. Call a spade a spade, right? It is sure. what it is. People, people, are, people are, very, are very impressionable. People can be very stupid. Anyone can use the internet. Um, right. Not only the most intelligent person who's going to research everything is going to use the internet. The dumbest of the dumbest is going to use the internet, and they, but they have the same power to be able to, to do actions based on that content. So therefore, you need to protect, that, protect against those things. So I, I think, yeah, just call a spade a spade. Yeah, basically. random. Random yeah. thought. I was actually wondering if that's why the um the Bible call the followers sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get too religious, um <laughs> territory. But yeah, that was actually going to be my next point because um, so yeah, we t- kind of touched on that. I think we, we don't have a good con- conclusion, but I think we kind of all think that may- maybe 
the company should do have some kind of um, responsibility. I personally think responsibility needs to be on the individuals as well. Um, but this this takes me to my my other topic, which is who's responsible when someone does something based on these actions, right? And it's not just necessarily um, social media, but religion, for example. People have done very terrible things in the name of religion, right? It's an interpretation of what someone has said. So who's who's responsible there? If we compare social the person uh, do it. religion, for sure. But so 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 the religion or the person who said the thing on social media is not responsible. Because I, I would say, for example, some people would say, well, the, the whatever religion is not responsible, but Trump is responsible. So then what's the difference between the religious interpretation and what Trump is saying, which can has which obviously has a certain connotation, but it's also an interpretation. So which what, what's the difference between the two of those? More religious? Yeah, but why why is that protected? That's what I'm saying. Me, it, it's me, just a book, me, right? I think it I think is I think it's the same thing. If Trump tells you something stupid to do, and you do it, versus if the Bible told you to go and kill your child, and you go and do it, it's the same thing. Mm. You, yeah. did it, you did it without thinking for yourself. They're both your ideologies, fault. right? It's both ideology. Um, mm. Yeah, I think I think I think there becomes a point though where the the state needs to step in. Um, you know, obviously we you know situations like Jonestown, for example, where religion results in people committing mass yeah, suicide. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. um, there've been other situations where there are cults that develop, and you know the state had to step in to try to to um. Obviously, I guess it would have been a criminal pretext to it, but mm-hmm. the state would have to step in to kind of um <laughs> remove move individuals from that particular situation. Save the sheep. Um, <laughs> so I got, I got a question. That that's not like. Basically, shutting down an unsanctioned cult. Yeah, because I'm, I'm pretty less, sure there, less, are lot, there are a lot of things that, when you look at it from an outside point of view, it really is a cult. But because we are so, we have them so ingrained in our society, we just assume that you know it's not a cult. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind of fuzzy, right? I guess cult usually has a negative connotation, which usually, um, I guess aligns with things that are outside of the norm accepting norms for society right so the cults where you know um one man will marry like you know have 50 waves right that's mm-hmm. outside of the normal accepted society so that'll be branded as a cult um there are things where people you can see that people are actually brainwashed i mean if you're you know brainwashed enough to want to drink a poison and to give rich a poison to drink you know that is a cult more or less mm-hmm. or when individuals' perception of reality is so warped from what reality is, then you can see that as a cult. But I think the crackdown right. on these cults tends to come when, when... Correct, right? And I think the crackdown really comes when it, it kind of crosses that line um, from, from legal to, to illegal. And I think that's when mm-hmm. the crackdown really comes, right? Um... But yeah, I think we do have a lot of questions to answer when it comes to social media. And I think our um, liberal um, thinking when it comes to social media is going to come back to bite us in the ass. I think it's, it's already happening, to be honest. Yep. Um, with the rise of QAnon, you know, the millions and millions of people who believe in, in this QAnon conspiracy theory. And I think we're going to recommend that for the next few years, to be honest. Um, I think it's a much bigger thing that we actually realize so right mm, so i guess um i mean my original question was 
So when when something does happen, so when some do something, let's say it is illegal, right? Based on, for example, what their interpretation of religion said versus what Trump said versus what some random individual said, um, influencer, let's say, who who's responsible? Is there is there a fifty fifty? Is it sixty forty? Is it one hundred percent on the individual because they interpreted it quote unquote wrong? Um, especially if um, religious person, people in high positions in religion say this is not the interpretation of the Bible or or, or the or the Quran or whatever it is that they were inspired by, or Trump saying this is not what I meant by this, or the influencer said this is not what I meant by this. Who's actually responsible in those situations? Um, so, mm, yeah, Joel. Yeah, here's how I look at it. Whoever does the action that is said to be wrong is responsible. So. 100%. Someone told you someone someone told you to kill somebody and you go and kill them, you're wrong for that. But in that case, I wouldn't blame the person that tell you to go and kill them because you had your choice. So it's like if on if you're watching movies and movies tell you that you should slay a hundred babies or some weird thing like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And you go and do it. You're gonna blame the, the directors for it? Nope, you're gonna blame the person that did it. So. This actually reminds me of a, a, a thing when we were younger, when we, when we used to do something, S- someone told us to do it. You remember what you used to ask, what parents used to ask children? Nah. If, so if, if they told you to jump, jump in a cliff, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Jump off a cliff. So, so yeah, yeah, go on a corner, go on a corner. I just wanted to, <laughs> just wanted to find out. That was, it just reminded me of that. Of that I haven't app. heard that in such a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, saw there was a there was a thing on on Twitter, of course, um, where this 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 duck was walking with the the ducklings behind oh it. Oh my god, the, that was horrible! And, I see that yeah, the, and, 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 the, and the, the mother duck walked over like a well, like the grating, and the baby ducks fell into the well. Oh, and then some fell in, and then the mother duck turned around and walked over the well again, and then the rest fell in. <laughs> And then this one duck, this one duckling was there, and it literally just hopped, jumping. and literally hopped into the well there with the rest. So somebody was like, um, "When, when my mother asks if, if if my friends jump off a cliff, if we'll jump off a cliff too," and I was like, "Yeah, I was gonna jump in as well." Right? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I saw that today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, but um. But no, I, I, I think I think there's there's still some responsibility on the part of the social media company because the stuff is hosted on our server in the first place, and ultimately no, 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 I think so, so no, I'm, I'm asking, so I'm asking about not the social media company. I'm talking about mm-hmm. Trump versus religion versus influencer, right? I'm I, I kind of gone past the social okay. media now. Who is responsible? Who's responsible? Or if you want to throw in social media there as well. And the company is the company responsible as well? Is the company responsible for the person carrying out whatever is that? It? I think I think each party has a responsibility. So if they if you look at the company, the company would have built algorithms that can reinforce certain types of thinking, mm-hmm. um, which has a more powerful effect than just some random joker speaking in Bridgetown on a loudspeaker, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> if you can see it, you, you go and you watch a YouTube video and you get recommendations for other videos that are similar to that, then, you know, that is kind of like almost an explicit, um, I guess, um, explicit indoctrination of that person to that specific ideology. Um, When it comes to a person like Donald Trump or a person in in power, of course, they have a a huge influence because 
naturally our society is kind of set up so that a certain subset of people believe whatever people in authority tell them and these people in authority know that their what they say has an influence on the people who listen to them so they do have a responsibility when it comes to influence though well it is implied by the term influencer because they're influencing people so they do have a a, a major role to play in um in in so even if the person says i am not endorsing people to do this to do whatever well, well, you see that even that in itself could be a tactic, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> they say, "Oh, it's, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't, I, I, I remove all responsibility for this," and it kind of lets the person's guards down. It's like, "Oh well, oh this person's honest, you know, they're not trying to intimidate me," and then they can like push that message. I don't know. I, I, right? I still be, because the because because there is a, there are people who will not be influenced enough. I sure. think the responsibility goes down to the individual who carries out whatever they carry out, right? Because you, yeah. you can say, because you can blame an entire, so you're saying, so you said Trump is to blame, social media companies are to blame, and influencers to blame. So are you saying religion will also be to blame? So if an individual is, says, I interpret the Bible in this way, therefore I want to go kill whatever, you know, slaughter whoever because they are, they are infidels or whatever it is that, Bible would have said, are is is the religion responsible for for them carrying their action? Are they respond? Or you know, how does it split? Is it fifty? Is it hundred percent? You know what I mean? I can't I I, I can't put a I can't say hundred percent and I can't say fifty percent, but mm-hmm. some of it is is shared, right? You know, you you are part of person's influence. Let's say you grew up as a child and your mother was was um let's say. It won't be cliche, so I'll just say like a, a radical evangelical, evangelical, right? And she, mm-hmm. the time you were born, she was stuffing this stuff down your throat. Like, mm-hmm. chances are, if you become like a rad, radical evangelical, evangelical, then yeah, evangelist, right? You, I would say, is really your 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 upbringing and which is right. due to your mother, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there is so it's not the person's fault, right? So. It, it, it is a mixture because some person who can go through that same indoctrination but not come out the same way, right? But there still is some responsibility. If if you don't set up the conditions for that person so, to become um, that individual, then then it won't happen. Most likely, won't happen. Right. So this is back to what we we're saying, right? So this is where everybody responsible for your action. So you're responsible for being a radical and you're going to kill people, and the person that indoctrinated you responsible for indoctrinating you. But at the end of the day, you're still responsible for your own actions. So just whatever part, whatever part you played for it, play it whatever part you played in it, you're responsible for that. It, mm. it, but it, for it, the specific action, I think it's the person, it's really the only person that did it. See, this, this whole conversation is very interesting because the whole concept of individualism is a very Western idea. In other cultures, is a more collective type of thinking, right? So we are actually kind of expressing an ideology and the ideological understanding of how these things originate, whereby we place a lot of the focus on the individual, right? If you were to go back 100 years ago, it would have been less emphasis on the individual. If you were to go to another culture, where it's more collective type thinking, they wouldn't necessarily blame the individual as much as we do, right? But we're seeing this because of the western culture that we're in so i I do find that pretty interesting 
as well. Yeah, I don't know how I would, I don't know what tools I would have to otherwise deal with, deal with a situation legally. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we're talking about legal culpability, so someone needs to be held responsible for this legally, right? How, yeah. how do we collect? Yes, you can say, okay, well, um, Facebook would need to pay some X amount of money because they influence the person. Okay. They'll 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 take that hit, but that doesn't really that doesn't do much for them. You know what I mean? That doesn't really do anything. As a force chain, isn't you know it doesn't do much. Um, you could do that, but the individual who carried out the crime still needs to needs to pay. How do you how do you how do you hold the religion responsible? You know what I mean? How, how does that actually happen? Because you have you can have a person who suffers from anxiety depression, right? And they interpret something that an action that someone does um, in the wrong way. And that that causes them to care to to then be I don't want to say radicalized but they can carry action based on that that may be extreme, right? Because of that interpretation, whose whose responsibility is it then? You know, is it is it is their responsibility? Is their fault? It's not their fault that they have what they have, and there may be conditions that may have caused them to be that way. So their upbringing, their society, whatever. But we this is the society that we live in, and all the other people have not reacted that way. So they still need to be held responsible in some way for their actions. But you know, yeah, and, and I think that's partially why in certain situations where a person did something crazy, they let them get um, a psychiatric evaluation, you know? Mm-hmm. Because everyone is different and you got to make sure that there is not something that really caused the person to basically trip. So then you would punish them for their actions because it's still their action. But now the same thing you consider the fact that, well, you know, well, this was a problem. This kind of added to your situation. So we wouldn't really strike you as hard. We make sure you get the help you need, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You see, it, this opens up a whole can of worms, right? In that, you know, I think to show that the, the prison population, they have a much higher percentage of persons expressing something called the warrior gene, right? Mm-hmm. And the warrior gene is associated more so with, um, Aggression of violence, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how much of the the action is due to nature versus nurture? And I believe this question is actually, actually answered. Great. I, believe actually, I believe it's actually 50 50 is what they determined by doing twin studies and other types of studies. Mm-hmm. It's essentially 50 50 is nature and nurture have has an influence on the individual. You know, right? you- uh, it, it kind of, as, as you learn more about human psychology and, and human biology, it kind of begs the question of does the, the the type of um i guess carceral system that we have is it really is it really modernized oh no it was never I, I don't think i don't think any rational person would ever agree that the the system we have now is is built is fit for purpose yeah. um why it's supposed to be why it's supposed to do i don't think any rational person would say that um yeah. but it, it i mean it goes so I, I guess I, I don't want to move off this topic, but um, in a situation, because we have we have things where we can say, for example, for companies, we can find them, right? We have, um, but when it comes to other things like religion, we what do we do? What do we do when someone's influence influences or when religion influences a group of people to carry a, a radical action, right? Yeah. You said collectivity, collect collective mm-hmm. blame. Well, how is the religion held responsible? You know what right. I mean? How was that actually but done? Because it's, it's you see, not. You see, there's actually a dangerous thing about that because collective blame could lead to things like genocide. 
you know? Right. Mm. See, well, and it's it's actually when you think about it, it may be a crazy call, but it's it's actually like something that you really can't blame someone for for considering. So, say for example, you have uh, a bunch of children grow up in a, a situation where they were taught to be, let's say, terrorists, like true terrorists, just looking for destruction. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not really referring to anything in reality right now, but. Yeah, so true terrorists, just this, a group gets they get inside, yeah, we can just kill random people because we believe that's the way to go. You okay. raise up all the children that way and then eventually move in. Uh, well, somebody move in, kill out all the adults that were really involved in this and keep the children alive. All right. And then the question is, what do you do? Do you spare the children, let them go a long life? Do you try to give them some sort of counseling and hope that they will go back to being mm-hmm. like normal children? Or do you say, you know what? The the rot has already spread, so let's just kill <laughs> the infestation and get rid of all of them. And it seems cruel, but it may be a valid solution. That is not, there's not supporting it or anything, but... Oh man, I love Joel so much. <laughs> <laughs> there's not, it's, not, it's not supporting it, but just remove the fact no, that they're yeah. human. If you mm-hmm. had... Of, of say a plant you can, that was spreading viruses to all the rest. Yeah, you would kill kill it and get rid of it so you don't spread anymore. But unless you're a radical okay. vegan, you're going to hold a human life. Higher than plant yeah, food, and that's so. and that's that's a difficult situation. So now you're forced to live with someone that may be extremely radical because yeah. it's not fair to kill them. And <laughs> let me just make sure I say again, I'm not one that <laughs> believes that you should kill them. <laughs> But I'm just saying that's something that I think about sometimes. Like, how do you deal with it? Like, what's the solution to that? Yeah. You see, I, I, I'm, I'm just very wary about selective, selective solutions. I mean, yes, you have to bear, you have to kind of think about, yeah, it's contextual, I agree. But when you say collective blame, but yet when I ask a question about religion, it's like, well, well, it's religion, you know, it's existed and therefore we just kind of have to live with it. It, it kind of it kind of rubs me the wrong way, you know what I mean? Because then you're, you're saying it, social media, yes, find them. Trump, yes, because whatever. But religion, well, let's not let's let's be careful there, you know. We don't know how to let's not do anything. Yeah, hmm. and that you see for me, I I I, I hate to ever sound like an atheist. I'm I'm not. <laughs> I don't fit in any of those categories or whatever. But like it always What's the word? Anyway, it always gets to me when I hear um, people of one religious group tell other people that what they do in their religion is, is let's say, devil worship or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at their documents or whatever, the same thing that the other people are doing that they call devil worship, they do it in theirs, but it's holy or whatever, you know? And that, those sort of things kind of annoy me. And then if you point it out, it's like, you know, technically speaking, you're doing the same thing here. You're kind of condemning the other person for it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. can't see that, no matter how you try to explain it. But mm. you know what, though? Like, so this kind of brings in something that I was reading about today, which is kind of like Mar- Marxist methodology, whereby Marx would have used, or Karl Marx would have used a kind of a, a scientific method and applied it to... Um, socioeconomic reality, right? 
Whereas a lot of the, the economics that we have in this day and age is it starts with an idea and then it tries to see if things can fit an idea. Whereas Marx looks as he looks at the material reality and then analyzes it in a scientific way and then draws conclusions from that reality. And I guess our whole talk about individual versus collective is almost like a, a Marxist well, or more so like a, a well, a Marxist versus a non-Marxist analysis of a situation because our idea of the individual is not necessarily based on the material reality because all religions, all cults are all a collective situation. A mm -hmm. cult is not made up of an individual. A cult is made up of a collective of individuals, right? Mm -hmm. Social media is not made up of an individual in a vacuum. It's made up of a collective. So we need to actually start from the material, which is, is a collective, and then draw all of our conclusions based on that because that actually is the real scientific way of doing things, right? Rather than our belief that it is the individual that is responsible or should hold the blame for these things, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it just kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It is. I, I think that, and I, my my issue with all the time. Um, so I I love I love reading about things and you know doing my research, but. To be honest, a lot of these things don't give me actual solutions. Um, mm. So I hear what you're saying, and I, I, that, I mean, it makes sense. However, there's still no answer to the question. Mm. You know what I mean? There is still no answer to that question. So it's, it's good to acknowledge that it is, there's a method in which we should do things, but it doesn't answer the question, unfortunately. So yeah. Well, the, the, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't be so quick to say that. I mean, there probably is somebody that would have kind of answer these questions that we have. I know, for, for example, I um, can't remember her name, Angela Davis, right? She's pretty, mm -hmm. pretty well-known yeah. uh, black uh, female radical. She wrote mm -hmm. a book about abolishing prisons, which I actually do need to read. Um, apparently, it's pretty groundbreaking in, in her analysis of the, the crossroads system and how it should actually really be abolished. Because what tends to happen when you're punishing people, I know I'm going a little bit off topic, right? Is that punitive punishment? It actually again ignores the material realities of the situation. People who tend to commit crimes are actually in, in usually come from the, the, the lower classes, for example. Or actually, mm. let me ref, let me rephrase: people who go to prison for committing crimes. Okay, tend I was gonna to, say yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a difference, <laughs> right? Tend, tend to come, exactly right. T tend to come from lower classes. They're punished disproportionately, and the money that is spent on the prison and like keeping them in prison would actually be better suited to try to improve the conditions of this person so they don't have to commit crime in the first place. And then the contradiction then is kind of brought in where individuals, let's up, see for example, the 2008 financial crisis was actually caused by individuals, you know, high up CEOs of banks, executives of banks and insurance companies, et cetera, et cetera, who would have committed crimes, who had a much, 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 much greater impact than somebody who's robbing some skittles from a from a gas station, right? Right, mm -hmm. and yet they didn't face punishment. So it kind of that that contradiction alone shows that the, the punishment is not necessarily there to actually deter crime, yeah. right? It's there for punishment, and a punishment only, and a punishment only to a person of a particular class. Yeah. So I think again that kind of ties into the whole material versus yeah, ideology reality. To be to be honest with you, I think there are lots of things that we can look at society and say that the, the, we should be looking at the actual material. I, I, I agree with that. So 
um, incarceration, yes. Um, a lot of things in society that we, my, my problem is, so those things I think have actual real solutions. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. act, the thing that I am talking about, and I, there may be some intersection of this. However, I think it is very troublesome because religion always has its own bubble. Yeah. You can never treat it the same way you can treat a, a quote unquote social issue. You know what I mean? So you can have a, a perfect society in that we rehabilitate people and we do the right things and people um, are not committing as many crimes. However, then you have a religion, which is a, a, not a cult, but actual um, understood, you know, sanctioned quote unquote religion and someone our group decides to interpret it in a radical way, right? And they carry out this 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 crime. They are punished. But how is how is that transited back to how is that religion held responsible? They say right. sorry. Okay. You know what I mean? Like like look at the the priests uh, the the because this was a systemic issue, right? Where priests right. were were touching little boys. What mm-hmm. what what did what did what was done? The individuals are held responsible, and and the pope said, "I'm sorry." Right. Okay. You know what I mean, and that's what I'm, that's right. what I'm talking about. I'm not. T- I'm saying yeah. I, so that's why I said there's a disconnect there in terms right. of. I understand what we're saying, and I 100% agree yeah. with with right. that on on actual social issues. But when right. religion is always special, right? It's always special. I, I, I saw those air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, mm-hmm. this is very interesting that these things are coming yeah. together. I had a topic here that I didn't think would fit in, but I'll just ask the question. Is crime a consequence of an imperfect society? Um, I would say more or less yes. I think people will still commit crime just because of um human nature to some extent. But I think a lot of the crime that we see now is due to the, the contradictions within an imperfect society, right? Um, you know, Increasingly, before before I would have said this, right? But increasingly, I can see why desperate people, that people desperate to make money, people who maybe are not have enough food to survive and whatnot, but because they're constantly indoctrinated with our materialistic culture, they feel the need to that, to to purchase more and more and more, would turn to crime to actually yeah, get yeah. money to facilitate this this, this idealized idealized version of what. Uh, uh, a good person is supposed to be right or uh, a successful person sorry is supposed to be so i i think i think in a, in a perfect society where everybody has food to eat there still would be crime but i think crime will be much more reduced as compared to now and i think what would be described as crime would also shift as well john who's the question again yes um yeah, at the end of the day, I think crime will still exist because we are all individuals and different things really drive us. So there's always going to be that serial killer around that really thinks that, you know, I get my thrill off of killing people. Or the other guy that say, you know, I love the thrill of thinking they can get caught doing something they're not supposed to be doing. So it's going to always be there. Okay, so let, let's break it down a bit. I like those. Those answers are very. I won't say they're predictable. Um, what about things like I don't know, um, theft, 
petty theft. Right. So I'm t- I'm not talking about crimes, serial killers, or are things driven by people who suffer from um, mental disorders, you know, mm-hmm. psychological disorders. I'm talking about petty crime. I'm talking about um, crimes of that's crimes of passion, stuff like that. Will these things? Do you think these things will still happen if uh, the society was quote unquote perfect? Uh, uh, you could interpret perfect. Again, you know, I don't that, yeah, that's, that's the really important part. Actually, I don't. I don't want to get into the detail of that. I, I think that's something I, I. I'm planning to do a series on creating the perfect yeah. society. But we, we, this, whatever your interpretation of perfect society is right now. Yeah. So, if you're gonna really consider as a perfect society, I guess there would be no crime because in that situation, it would have, it would not have people that want the thrill of. Uh, like for example, with the same petty theft. You want to do something and not get caught and get that thrill from it there's not going to be that person or maybe there's going to be something that makes it illegal for that person to do such things in a purpose mm-hmm. society so then it wouldn't be considered a crime so i i don't know how to go from there okay so let me let me let me let me switch it if if we live in a society where everyone's basic needs were taken care of do you think that people will still feel the need to to do more to get more to do illegal huh. things to well, get more well you see i think i think crimes of passion will still happen right and maybe even at the same rate in this as um the society that we're in currently when it comes to um petty theft um robberies that type of thing i think those will decrease substantially i won't say it'll completely go away but i think they would be diminished quite a lot, right? I think the contradictions in our society and inequality in our society kind of pushes people towards that type of lifestyle where, you know, it's all about acquiring money and the consequences don't matter because A, either people need to eat or B, people need to, to um, look successful. And success in our society is defined by having material things, having, you know, having a fancy car, a big house, a lot of electronics, going to fancy restaurants, parking, that type of thing. So I think that, that kind of like consumerist drive, if that is removed by the fact that society is more equal, then there will be a decrease in the in those in those types of crimes. Mm. What what do you think social media will look like in that society? Right uh-huh. question, boy. I think people post a lot of pictures of nature. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I could post a lot about nature or like, you know, I think it'll be less stuff and more, less human creative stuff and more nature stuff that you'll see. And maybe more like, um, I don't know, actually, that's a good question. That may not be the case, you know, because mm-hmm. as, as, well, he tried to get away from the whole definition of what the perfect society would be. Mm-hmm. But I think that's actually the most important part of being able to answer a question like this. Yeah, so I, I, because, I, I, that's why I try to I reduce yeah. the perfect to just say basic yeah. needs being taken care of. So not perfect, but oh, basic oh, needs yeah. being taken care of. Yeah. So you, you, you don't want for needing to pay your rent or your your food. There's not, you know, there's no one in the world where, or in this society, that's a society where, um, and they have to worry about, oh, I have to make a choice between paying the water bill and yeah, buying food. You know, those kind of things. 
So and that and this this is the thing now. So something like that doesn't say that people don't get access access, access mm-hmm. sources. So I think in the case like that social media could still remain the same because I am not too sure if I can say that people being greedy is based on society versus something that's actually ingrained in nature. Ingrained, yeah. Which is something we touched on last podcast, yeah. I really don't, I really don't know. Because, I mean, you, you can look at animals and you see you got some animals that like to hoard things. I mean, maybe mm. both. In winter, <laughs> you may not have an exact winter to hoard for like that, but I think it's the same primitive kind of thinking that... But if you remove like, materialism, how what would social media look like? Yeah, I... I, I would say, and, would it exist? Would it be a, have an appeal? Maybe because it's some people just still like to express what they think. Yeah, I mean the algorithm still exists. Let's say the algorithm still exists. It may be just scandalous. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it actually would be. Sc- I think because the, the thing about human beings, right, is that we're we're the only animal whose society actually impacts our behavior, right? So something outside of our biology has an impact in what we actually do and say and how we, you know, react to different situations, right? Which is pretty unique among animals. And I think that even greed in itself, if greed was not rewarded by society, then greed can actually be, be, be a behavior that is not seen as a good thing. It can actually be seen as a negative thing, right? That, that's how fluid and flexible human behavior can be. So I think Given that our society is really built upon greed, it actually rewards greed. The greedier you are, the more successful you can be, right? If you're talented and skilled, et cetera, et cetera. If that drive is removed and greed is no longer seen as something desirable, I think then materialism would decrease. I think people may, other traits may become the, the preferred um, idealized human and that would have an impact on then what is shown on social media, right? I think it could be a complete, complete reversal of what we see. Maybe, maybe like um, somebody who is hugging their, their, their family and stuff becomes the ideal thing rather than that Instagram fops who are posting pictures of their BMW they bought by posting their ass on OnlyFans, right? Like, <laughs> if that, it, may, it, may, it may shift away I mean, from I think that's, that probably, your, I think that's probably your Instagram or your Twitter. <laughs> 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 you, you can't let people know my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, for example, there's an influencer who she's popular because her family. She basically just shows her family, and like they they talk. There is like a is like a quote unquote the perfect family kind of thing, and she that she's she's known because of that. Mm. Um, so that exists. So it's not as it doesn't exist. She she's one she's one of the big follow. She's one of the big influencers as well. So it doesn't it doesn't not exist. So that's why I asked the question, what would it look like? What would be the, you know, is it nature? Is it, I, I think, pers- I, don't th- I think that the appeal would not be there as much anymore. Yeah. Especially because of how social media, um, I don't think social media algorithms, they don't know what a certain piece of content will cause, what, will, what it will actually do. Yeah. But it, it just gives you content that it sees that you like, basically. So, yeah. um, any last thoughts for you guys? Last uh, rule. Um, I would say <laughs> on the on the 
on that on that ending note, well, prior to Joel's ending note, <laughs> um, a good podcast to listen to would be Tech Tech Can't Save Us. Um, this guy always comes on this podcast and plugs uh, yeah. in podcast. I don't understand. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe someday karma would you know come around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me get a plug yeah. in like somebody else. <laughs> But nah, in, in reality though, it's actually a very good podcast. It, the episodes aren't too long, 20, 30 minutes interview with somebody who is deeply involved in tech. Mm. And they kind of look at how um, the interface between capitalism and tech and how mm. that kind of kind of results in things like social media having negative impacts on people um, and how like Tesla and uh, people like Elon Musk are actually pretty, pretty problematic on the, on the, on the, um, in reality. And it kind of looks beyond the, the facade of technology being this great savior of humanity and looks at the actual mm. material consequences of various technologies. All right, cool. Um, I feel, think we'll wrap it up there unless Joel has. No, I have nothing more to okay. say. Okay, all right. <laughs> cool. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening to this special. If you liked it, please let us know. Um, like on Instagram. Like and subscribe, share it, please, so we can um, get our viewership up. And let us know if you like this this version of the podcast. We could do more of it. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you.